0: Welcome to episode 38 of It's Server Time. We're doing a quickie before the fall finals. We want to get our thoughts out about the major and everything that transpired there. So we've got Note, we've got Pronogo, we've got uh, I think mix for the next one. Maybe he even joins midway through this one, but it seems like he's busy right now. We'll catch him, we'll catch him another time. But we just want to talk about this before the fall finals happen, get this pot out to the to the masses who have been so desperately craving another episode of It's Server Time. I see your calls. I see your pleas. Uh, let's do it. All right, so we're going to talk, talk about, first, the major results. This is overdue discussion that we needed to have. So the way I wanted to frame this between us, though, is not necessarily just like, yes, Outsiders won. We all know that Outsiders won at this point. But what I wanted to talk about is of the teams that did well, Note and Pronogo. Which of them do you think will have the longest sustained success in the top five? So like just to like just to get everybody on board with this like same discussion, the, the HLTV rankings moved up a lot of teams and they moved down some teams. So when we look at that week, that right after the major, teams like outsiders got fur are first now, heroic is number two, cloud nine is number three, Navi Four, Fury of Five. Mouse Mouse six will include them in this discussion. Um, but of these six teams, like, who do you think, let's say, in a few months from now? Because it's a little hard to say, just given that the end of the circuit this year is just blast stuff. But like, say come Katowice, say come the first season of Pro League, uh, blast spring groups, all that stuff. When all these teams are playing again, who do you think is going to maintain top form like this?
1: I think Heroic will just stick to kind of where they're currently projecting. Like, they they've given me nothing to say that they'll just suddenly drop off. And this new roster is still performing like quite well. They obviously like kind of hit their stride here as well, even though that they ended up losing in the final. But yeah, I mean, the way they're playing right now doesn't make me doubt that they can maintain that kind of form. They're not basing it on like someone popping off individually or someone having like a hero tournament really. So that that to me kind of gives them like some form of consistency going forward. Heroic okay. is a weird
2: one to me because I wasn't expecting them to go this far. I was also expecting them at some point to like drop off sooner than they did. Like I was just every single time they went into a matchup, I was like, no way that they get that deep. And then you know, I mean, there's a lot of talk about how outsiders didn't necessarily beat a great, crazy top team in order to make it to the major final and then obviously take it. So I kind of feel the same way about heroic. Like, I think probably the most impressive scalp they took during playoffs was it would probably have to be Furia. You know, it's like, OK, you, you took Furia. Um, and, and that's weird because Furia is not like the top 10 or maybe they are top 10, but like they're not considered a really high level team. Uh, of course, I have to eat a little bit of crow because I did say on this episode or on this podcast and others that uh, there was no shot that there would be any Brazilian teams in the playoffs at all. I didn't think, I didn't believe in Fury whatsoever. That. Yeah, <laughs> so I'll eat a little bit. But, um, you know, I, I don't think Fury's run themselves were particularly impressive to get to the, the playoffs. They did, of course, uh, demolish a bunch of teams once it came to the uh, legend stage. So, you know, little egg on my face. But I do think that, like, tracking these teams into the future... I honestly feel like Heroic is unlikely to make it to another finals in any of the events, the tier one events, I should qualify, that they play for the next six months or so. I don't think they're going to repeat their second place performance here. And I don't even know if that's particularly a spicy take either. It feels to me like they're not a team that they're not a team of champions and that's been like fairly consistent this whole time, you know? Like you can't even say, so They, them and like the Gambit now Cloud9 roster are two teams that obviously rose to prominence during the online era. And I kind of feel like Cloud9 is the better of the two teams, but only by a little bit. I mean, obviously, Cloud9 won an event, right? And so, like, maybe you can say that this is now Heroic's time to prove that they can sort of actualize on that. But I feel like it's, it's too far gone, too far removed from their, the heights of their success in the past. I don't think I'm, I'm ever seeing them get know a, a puncher's chance to win another tournament. I don't know. I, they would need to do some, some roster moves, and I don't even know what roster moves they would make. So, yeah, I'm
1: going to say Heroic probably don't make another final. Yeah, I mean, don't I, get me wrong. I don't think that they're going to be a title contender sure, yeah. in, in like international, like giant international events, but they definitely can maintain top five. Is what my original like point was.
0: Yeah, I I would put them. It's almost like, unfortunately for heroic, I kind of put them in the same position that I had them in with refresh. Mm. Like, like yeah. it's 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 kind of a lineup that I think is strong enough and believes it. Like, has a good enough system that they don't have. Like, it doesn't rely as much on top heavy performances for individuals. Like Stown didn't even have like a, it didn't even seem like he was particularly impactful in this in this whole uh, tournament. Like Kadian was pretty darn good. Shush had some good games. Um, Tessus too. I mean Stown Stown wasn't bad, uh, but he wasn't the level that we were kind of were hoping he was going to reach this year. Like I think yeah. Stown is going to end up in like the top twenty, but but like I'd be shocked if he's in the top eight. I think maybe like maybe eighth this year maybe maybe top eight to eight to 14 you know like he's not he's not like a top five player by any means or anything like that and that's that's still where it feels like heroic needs if they want to make the leap and the only way i I could see them doing that is like another roster move if they like but but it's just like what i what i kind of say about teams like heroic um or what i've said before is that with with how they play with the personnel they have and with kind of what this org's aspirations are, I don't really think where they are in the space is necessarily bad, but I just think that it's, it's not getting any easier to win a grand finals than what they had potentially there at, at, um, at Rio. So it's tough to imagine that they fall out of the top six for me, but I think that where they are number two is a little too high, but it's, I, I mean, can't, you can't really argue with it based off of how they played there. Um, I'd say, I guess, teams that I I actually kind of weirdly think are sustainable is Mao's. I would I kind of I've really really come along to around to this team, and I I seriously trust the system that they run now. I think that they just kind of do a good blend of taking map control correctly. And they also have really, like, efficient mid-rounding. And I think sometimes they make the game look very simple in mid-rounds. And I think that actually works to their their benefit because it just feels like they kind of know what the next step is in a round. Everybody. Like, there's no guesswork. There's no questions. It's not like they have to big-brain mid-round or anything. It's like okay, when we have this, when X happens, we do Y. When when we do A, we always end up doing B, unless A, like, works or X works to, like, such a great extent. So, I like Maus a lot right now. Um, in fact, it, it's t- Yeah.
1: I'm not super high on Maus, to okay. be honest. Really? Okay. Like, not, not as a long-term, like, top-five contender, I don't think. Yes. Like, yeah. I think that they they are a decent team, but, like, top-ten? top like Top-ten. Like, top Yeah, there's no shot that they go for
2: more than top 10. I mean, maybe they win. They they should definitely be in the running to win some of these tier two competitions, right? The. I, I can't, I'm blanking on all of the names, of course, because I don't really watch those, but like there's like the champion of champions tour and stuff like that. Yep. They should be easy yeah. contenders to, to basically like what Copenhagen flames is new roster is farming right now. That's what they can do. They can do all that if they really want to, if they want to go down to that level and like grind all those games, right? Maybe they feel like they're above that now, who knows? But the fact that they've like, I've always rooted against them. And I said this on the off angle, but like this is what's supposed to happen with a team like this. You're supposed to say, there's no shot. You're not proven. You're not going to make it. And then they make it once. And you're like, that was a fluke, you know, cologne, whatever, Astralis even made it. Who, who cares about that? Like you got, you got disposed of later. Let's, Move, up, move along, move along, and then they make it again, and they're like, EPL, well, that was also a weird scuff tournament, and then, like, you know, Liquid almost won it over Vitality, so whatever, move on next, and now they're at the major, and they make semis, like, that's pretty impressive, so, um, yeah. you know, there's only so many times you can say, I'm doubting you, you're not gonna do it, and then have them do it, and I, before they, you start to say, okay, well, I guess I have to give it up, top 10 team, probably.
0: I... I can't. I mean, this is so strange. I mean, I too thought that the Cologne run was very fluky. Um, but since the Cologne run, they have done. They like. It feels like they are only getting better to me. That's what's weird yes. about mouse. Like that's yes. like I see. I do see an upward trajectory with this team. Where looking at the names on on the screen or like on paper, all of these guys, except with the exception of Torzi for me, and I'll get on. I'll get to Torzi later. But I just see. All of them being very hungry, they're very young, and they still kind of have that that like honeymoon sort of smell to the team, where they all know that they can get better. Like they all know like this is basically one of the first runs they've had. Like what? So they added exertion after um, after Cologne. They after have, the player added, break, yeah, yeah. So they added him after Cologne, and since then, all they've done is made playoffs at pro league, semifinals of a major. I think that's incredibly impressive because exertion also is looking way better than like the the roles don't really match one to one, but he's way better than Bemis. Like he's just so much more valuable to this team. And I don't I know, it's also frozen.
1: Be- Frozen's role changes helping that team a ton as well with him. Yeah, getting he, into like more of a passive
0: role as well. Yeah, he got some of Bemis's spots. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and and now ex- they basically have like a deady space taker entry in in exertion. Dexter does it a little bit, too, um, for prodding for infos type stuff. And then they have a really solid support in JDC. Frozen is sick in all of his positions. Like he's he's like more passive, I'd say on T side. I think CT side he still has a couple things where he's like like fighting for space. Like um, I think banana like oh banana for example, like he does that um for uh for T side T side he takes banana. So like he has some aggressive, some like he's got a balance, and it basically seems like he gets to just pick whatever good spots he wants, and that's good because he's the best player by far. Um, but the where I do have a little bit of hesitation with Maus is Torji, because I. I Preface this a, a while back when they made the roster move that I thought that Torji would have a really great first three months, but I thought that his next six months would be very tough on him. And I think that's almost gone accordingly. Like he's, his, um his Cato de- debut was, was excellent. And then since then, it's almost like his rating is just progressively getting a little bit worse. Teams are figuring out his style a little bit more. And I think if Mao's want to hit to the, hit the next level and actually become a championship contender, they Unfortunately, they either need to replace him or they need to like really work with him to try to revamp his playbook because I'll just I'll just kind of go through some of the numbers here. Cad- um actually Cato he didn't even do that well now that I see it. The play-in he did very well. And then the Cat itself he had a 1.01. Then some other big tournaments that he played, uh, Dallas, 1.06, Cologne, 1.08, uh, the EPL itself, 0.97, at Rotterdam, 1.03. And then the challenger stage 1.18 of the major, but then the actual major 0.98. Like these are not, these are not good enough numbers. If you want to have an opera. And I've just said before, like with, with how he plays, it's just like the way he farmed tier two opposition was just so unsustainable, like pushing through smokes, just going for aggressive plays all the time. Like you need to just be able to manufacture shots that are safer. And he doesn't, he, he just has not proven that he can do that to me. And so that's the one thing that I guess limits them. But other than that, like Give me give me this rifle core of Frozen exertion and JDC. and I don't see like they' to me there's not too much of a difference than like I can't believe I'm saying this but I can't I don't see much of a difference between that and like wow between Careful. shushdown <laughs> and Tessus. I don't think it's that much worse it's worse but just by a hair like I would put heroics better heroic's just a better team overall for sure but Mouse is not far behind them with that sort of rifle core like I think Frozen like Match it match it up, like Frozen for Stown, I'm, I'm giving the edge today to Frozen, actually. I think Frozen's better than yeah. Stown right, right now. JDC, a little worse than Shush. And then Tessus, Tessus for Exertion, actually pretty similar, Pre- pretty like like weird. And then the thing is that Exertion has such a higher ceiling right now because he's so new to tier one. So I think that he could get better than Tessus actually. Um, I think Tessus is, actually, I think their mechanics are very, very comparable. Um, I think Tessus has a better spray, but Exertion's first bullet and crosser placement is just a little yeah, bit better. It's pretty sick.
1: I mean, yeah. to be honest, I thought you were gonna go for like some more wild comparison than that. Like, that's a pretty appropriate trio to compare. I would say like that. That's kind of the closest in scale. The way you were kind of building it up, I thought you were gonna go like mega egregious right. with it.
0: I, I think it's just because I, I thought that. Comparing them to Heroic, like, we've, I think a lot of us have praised the rifle core of Heroic so strongly over the last few years that it felt like maybe, uh, like, I, I don't think Mao should jump the line like that necessarily, but it, but now, I, I mean, after the results and everything that I've seen, I, I, I just don't think they're very far off from that. Dexter is a little bit weaker, though. Like as an ideal, but he actually sometimes can play pretty well individually. So like, he had
2: some pop like, off moments to get him past ends, yeah. for example, to even get them into playoffs at this major. So that was pretty surprising. Like I was, as soon as we we got to Mirage and we saw that like starting streak on the Snappy side, I was like, okay, Snappy's back in playoffs, baby. Because I'm, a, you know, whatever. I'm a bit of a fan of him. But then you know, obviously Dexter popped off, got it back for his team. Real, I think it was like thirty plus. He, I think it was a thirty bomb yeah. on that map. So like, it's I th- just, I
0: think he. I think he was like got 30 on like the last round. It of might have the been just barely. Like
2: yeah. So. Yeah. But it's like, cra- you wouldn't expect that from your IGL, especially an IGL who's like, I don't know, like the fact that Dexter can be streaky, as we've seen from this event, and maybe there's probably been a few other performances that I've just overlooked in some previous events. I feel like that can be one of their biggest assets where if for whatever reason, you know, your stars don't show up, like. I know, I think it was in Stockholm back when they still had Olaf Meister phase, had a game where Kerrigan popped off to get them through the challenger stage into, into legend stage. Uh, yeah. and I don't even know how close that run was. I, I can't remember. It was so far back, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that that was like a narrative that like Kerrigan was popping off in challenger stage, uh, and like leading by example and all the other tropes that you, you say when, uh, an IGL is fragging, especially if they're not known for fragging. Um, But, you know, like, that's very rare for Kerrigan, right? Like, we we praise Mm -hmm. him more for his his tactical maneuvers, his ability to outcall the opponent, and the way that he uses his pieces really well. And so if your pieces disappear, like, you wouldn't expect Dexter to be able to, you know, pick up the slack. But some of these games he really did, and that is impressive. And I maybe, I guess he might be the most veteran player left on this roster at this point, so... Like, you know, maybe Frozen and him are are sort of tied, but I still feel like maybe Dexter, because he's probably a bit older as well, like he's probably in a bit of a more like experienced leader of man role. Uh, You know, I don't know how well he does in that role, but that's the sort of role I would put him in based on the rest of the complexion of the team. I would also compare it to like you were talking about rifle cores and uh, NIPs obviously screams out to me as like this rifle core that should be able to carry them to win be strong you know, it should but be, it's not res it opping now yeah yeah so yeah. it's like okay I guess maybe not <laughs> and I, I know we weren't planning on talking about nip necessarily but I that does remind me any, anytime somebody brings up res opping, I can't remember who it was was it djl it was somebody in the nip camp said res has the mechanics to be like Yeah, why are people so hell bent on saying that they somebody has the mechanics to be like simple like if you're gonna big up your team you know like, if you if I'm in a relationship and a woman is, like, talking to me and saying, like, you know, you remind me a lot of Fabio. I'm like, all right, listen, listen, listen. <laughs> I don't think Fabio shopped at the gap, if you know what I'm saying. So, this is not true. <laughs> this is not true. Don't pick me up that much. I just feel like it's too too saccharine. You're pulling the wool over my eyes too hard. So, like, that's the sort yeah. of vibe I get with comparing somebody to simple. No, bro. Come on. <laughs> like, not, right. not really. I know he didn't do very well at this event, but that's irrelevant. Like, just body of work. I don't know if anybody can live up to Simple's mechanics. Maybe, no. maybe Monacy in like five years, you know, but that that's a conversation yeah. we can have in the future.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, mechanic-wise, just pure mechanic-wise, the only person I think is Monacy that, yeah. that stands up to Simple right now. But like, that's not the, the point with Rez is almost just like, he needs, even if he has those mechanics, he should be imposing himself. But we'll, we'll we can talk about Nip a little bit later when we sure. preview, when we talk about the fall finals yeah, yeah. and what's going yeah. on there. But, um, okay, so we got, we got like Heroic staying maybe a top five team. I'm maybe a little bit higher on Mao. It's like almost like this wherever Heroic is, I see Mao's being like one spot in the ranking beneath them. That's like almost just tit for tat. Like it would be. You think be, so? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I look,
1: so when I look at the ranking, like, okay, so we have like Outsiders, Navi, Cloud9, Furia, Vitality, Phase, Liquid, G2. If they like stop shitting the bed, like there's a lot of teams that I think just match G2 up will be better. Yeah, G2 but the thing be is, better. like all like basically most of those names I see heroic stacking up far better against them than Mao's on a consistent basis. Like Mao's in their current form might get wins over those teams at the moment, but I don't see that happening in six months. Like I don't think that that's mm. going to be a consistent factor so like i i can see it like i I don't think it's uh cut and dry in the sense of like you can't be like no Mouse is going to be like i don't know bottom of the top 15 or something but i don't know i don't think i would say that they would be a spot above heroic
0: no 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 not not above heroic they're going to be beneath them they're going to be okay okay, they're going to be beneath they're going to be right beneath heroic um yeah maybe okay yeah that's fair like a
1: five and six kind of deal or six and seven yeah I think yeah, right, I think okay. where they
0: are, like, if I'm talking about sustainable, just whatever they're doing, top six, top seven does not seem outlandish for me. For yeah, me. Like, okay, that's any, fair. Anymore. Yeah. yeah, that I, is if, fair. If, if, even if they I'm move interested. up to, well, I guess they're not playing anything for the end of this year, so they will just drop in ranking, I think. They're, yeah, on, they're not in any stuff. of the
1: Blast events, it's just EPL that they're getting events for, and also they skipped Olisa because they made the major playoffs, so I think Can they actually have zero that. events, yeah, obviously. I think they have zero <laughs> events lined up for the rest of the year right now. Yeah. So then, I,
0: I mean, I guess literally they will do, they will get worse. But like, I just think that this, in terms of looking at this team, um, I just think they're going to get better, even. I don't see why they would get worse. I don't think this was that fluky. Yeah. I felt like the only thing that was fluky is how badly Cloud9 choked to them. So maybe. <laughs> right. Maybe they lose right there, but the only thing that was fluky
2: uh, is how many fans galas moved into the arena at the third map. That was that was fluky. I don't think that'll happen next event, probably. But, you know,
0: actually, actually, that mouse, I think that mouse cloud nine game was louder than the heroic outsiders grand final. I'm not going to lie. But
2: yeah, because just... you start like halfway through it, you were hearing fury. Oh, wait, no, that was the outside. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, that's actually facts. That's actually <laughs> facts. That you say that. Yeah, people were coming and getting hyped for the game that was coming next.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I think it was um. Outsiders v. Mao's, and Outsiders was like about to win, and then they lost the second map, but they, they looked like they were gonna like stop the comeback. And I, I knew every time Outsiders went around, they were cheering. And just in my cynical brain, I'm thinking, they're just saying, go next, go next, show the next game. Like, that's all they're thinking about, because Furia was up next against Heroic. So it's just that's, that's I, a separate thing.
1: I wanna take this moment to get a petty grievance out of the way. I'm kind of tired of talking about the whole fucking crowd thing, but I will <laughs> say, like, so, I was listening to Talking Counter right after uh, the major ended, the one that you were on, Alex. Yeah, yeah. And Yanko in there calls into question my journalistic skills <laughs> okay, when it comes okay. to tweeting a picture about the crowd and me saying, wow, it's disappointing that this semifinal on a Saturday isn't as filled up as other semifinals. Yeah. And then, Alex, you reply, that's phase. And I say, it's a major. And then yeah. Yanko goes and says that oh, but because it's phase, like obviously it's going to be more filled up and shit. So then I send him pictures of like other other um, semifinals that have happened, and then he tries to say on talking counter that I'm like sending stuff out of context and that I'm like uh, like taking pictures and like trying to devoid them of the context of like the fan fest. I didn't do any of that. First of all, I was directly replying to him saying that bigger teams would draw like bigger crowds which yes it's true but he can't then go and say that oh like there's all this other context like that's the point though like it's it's an issue in the end because there's so much other like stuff drawing the viewers away there's like the fan fest outside like saying inherently that the crowd is disappointing indoors is not a it's just a factual statement and i think like even you said it on on like snake and banter I haven't finished listening to that episode, but I think like you were mentioning it or, or like someone was mentioning that like that crowd is disappointing and like now more people are coming out and saying the same thing. So like I, I just find it really weird that I was like put on blast for that when A, it wasn't what I said, B, it wasn't what I was saying and C, it was a direct reply to like something he pointed out in that sense. So that's my little petty grievance on that end, because I think like that's a little unfair to to take me out of context yeah come on bro like do that is this this gonna
2: start the is this gonna start the back and forth now
1: you're questioning no because like i like yanko (laughs) i don't i don't hold anything against (laughs) him i just think like trying to like sure like i have the freedom on my twitter to be like wow this kind of sucks like that's that's not me like making an article and being like wow like look at how shitty esl have done this event and like how bad the crowd is that's just me being like yeah like here's a picture i took in antwerp this is how it was kind of sucks like i wish yeah. there was more people like there's literally nothing wrong with that in my eyes
0: yeah i i will some way i i mean i recall some one of the responses from yanko and i'll try to i'm not it's not like i'm gonna play devil's advocate or anything like that but it's like he, what what i remember him saying specifically uh was that <clears throat> you, you, we kind of have everybody in the community kind of has like a duty in some ways to like Uh, and this is again, like I'm paraphrasing, paraphrasing him, but he said like people have a duty to like push forward the narratives that they want to be in the space. And I think he kind of was like along the lines of thinking that if you put forward an idea or even kind of like something factual, but it it does take away from the event, then it almost is like, and this is, this is where I don't agree with him. It's like, he almost like says you're, you're slighting. It's like. Again, paraphrasing, you're slighting Counter-Strike. You're slighting this this momentous or like event that we're all trying to like witness and, and this is supposed to be etched into history for the game and stuff like that. But like I think where I would go against Yanko there is like not every event has to be better that or bigger than the last it just won't yes. happen i think that sort of thinking is unsustainable it'll all inevitably lead you to disappointment and for and and just to be completely honest like i don't think that if this event were ho- i mean i think if it were hosted in another area it would have done better i mean my ugly point on snake and banter was i think majors should just be in western and central europe honestly because it's just got the best fan base i think there's an argument for the east coast of america too now but that, I haven't even
1: reached the end of that episode yet. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So like okay. for, for that, for that, I, I just think like what, what I think Yanko is what, what I wouldn't actually do if I'm you is I wouldn't censor yourself and I wouldn't try to like spin this in some like, like CSGO is the GOAT game. And every event is the goat. Like we, this is the new highest level that we've ever achieved for the thing. Like, it's okay to take a step back or it's like it's okay for there to be to for progress to not be linear like it's sometimes yes. okay that it's just like just like flat lines for a little bit because then it could pick up later like see like nobody thinks CS:GO is dying anymore like this game is just is like that's literally so removed from the conversation so I don't think we need to be afraid of the next major doing worse than the most recent major like yeah there's there's no beating there's no way that the bracket is going to beat what happened for antwerp no or, or stockholm like those not were just dream scenarios that came out and we all loved it but like I, I i don't know i don't think there's i just don't think that there's really any reason to like draw so much issue with your tweets because your tweets were just literally taking screenshots of what was happening and and, and like, to, by the not, way like not, the
1: yeah aside from the the antwerp photo that i took myself and posted the other uh like stream stream screenshots that i took from Uh, past majors were all in like the team intro section so it wasn't during the match or anything it was comparing the crowd before the match happened just like in strikers video so it's not like i was taking it like uh midway through like map three of an overtime or some shit like i was trying to be fair in that sense as well so like yeah to your point like i agree with what you said like i don't think it's also not like my job to sell esl's event like if it was, then like I would be working for ESL. I'm would, not yeah, even I'm really like, sure like, if it's the talents' job to sell
2: ESLs, but you know what I mean. Like I'm not even sure where I I fall on that. And maybe I think maybe Yanko was trying to run damage interference or whatever a little bit. That's what it seemed like. And maybe to a lot of pe- like skeptical or or, or whatever uh, fans, they might also think, oh, this guy's defending the event because he's at the event. There's, of course, this whole, like, undercurrent of, like, hey, you can't say anything to get on Brazil's bad side while you're in Brazil. That might not be the safest way or to go about your business, which I don't know how true that is. Like, maybe that was felt, maybe that wasn't. But it's just, like, you're not going to expect people who are there working for the TO to, like, badmouth them in any way. You also, I just yeah. wouldn't expect
1: them to, like... Well, you like, generally don't do that by principle anyway. <coughs> yeah, like, yeah. People have been fired from broadcasts for doing that. Right, yeah. So... Yeah, yeah, so... I think, like, well, and also, like, when I do like, I try pretty hard not to, like, compromise my integrity, and I, and, like, I try very hard to communicate with people in advance, uh, before I tweet things out, and I was talking to people at the event before I tweeted that out, for one, and for two, uh, like, I will admit, like, I, during the, during the, previous stage I did make a mistake in that I tweeted uh, like I directly took Nexa's word about like the, the round restore that OG had or something as like gospel and then I had uh, one of the ESL admins reach out to me and be like yeah that's not what we told Nexa and he's like totally misunderstanding so I was like okay that's that's fair like I should have probably reached out in advance like that's 100% my fault yeah like I will fess up when it's a mistake like that but I don't think the tweeting about this was a problem uh, in that sense
0: yeah And I'll I'll remark on ESL side a little bit. I I think it's because like I get a I mean, Yanko and I both get hired by ESL for practically everything. They are a bulk of the money we make every year is tied directly to ESL. But I think it's safe to say, and I have I have no qualms even expressing this, that ESL learned a lot. This event ESL learned that you cannot be beholden to galas you can't be be, you can't like a fan experience in some ways makes sense but it also like you need to like weigh when it's appropriate because if you value just how the crowd looks because actually in terms of in terms of pure revenue, I actually don't even think the fan experience is bad for ESO. I think they probably profited from it because it means that the capacity, like yes. there were tens of thousands of people. It wasn't 10,000, it was tens of thousands of people at all of this event. And that means they sold tons of t- tens of thousands of tickets for the fan arena, for the stadium. Like it was a huge ass stadium. I think what, 18,000 capacity? Like we don't even yeah. see that number usually for CSGO. And not only was it very full for Furia, that the Fury and Navi match so you could imagine that probably there were like 16 15,000 people in there but the Fan Arena was also packed so that's like I'm going to just go out on a limb and say like 23,000 people for the entire Fury and Navi game or Fury Heroic even like yep. that's a wild success on by ESL standards but if they just if they want to value how the broadcast looks which they probably I actually don't know what they should do. I don't know if they should just value profit and getting like as many as many people there buying tickets as possible, or make the broadcast look good because there's you know there's a Here's, there's a give we, and a take there.
1: So so for me, like if it was any other event, any other ESL event, I absolutely would not care. Like if they can value their profits in that sense for sure. A major is a celebration of Counter Strike. Like it's not the same. It's not like I think yes, they absolutely should be able to make an effort to make a profit, and they they can do it like they i'm not saying that they shouldn't try and make a profit on a major but like at the same time you do have to value the fan experience at home as well when it comes to major like those are that's like kind of pivotal like the broadcast shouldn't suck for and i'm not saying it sucked but like it shouldn't like be third fiddle to like the fan festival and like uh and the experience there right like I think they yeah. did a, a pretty good job for the people that were on, like, the Brazilian fans that were there to, like, interact with all the pros and stuff. But, like, come on, having an Imperial signing session during, like, one of the main semifinal matches or, like, quarterfinal matches? Like, yeah. come on. that's Like,
0: we know where people are going to go. Like, we yeah, know what they exactly. are more interested in. Yeah. Okay, I so, think we could bring in... I think we could uh, bring in Mix. One.
1: Sorry, one more oh, point. Oh, yeah. Was okay. that uh, I also will say I despised them saying that I was chasing clout by tweeting that out. Because I literally muted Twitter notifications the second he, like, the second I made my last reply to him. I literally cannot give a fuck about Twitter. Like, likes and retweets and shit. Like, it's, it's kind of like, for me, that's minimizing, like, anybody else having an opinion just by tweeting something out. And that was, like, kind of fucked up to say. In my I, eyes. Like, that's not cool.
0: Yeah. That's, um, that's a pretty it was a pretty reductive way to uh, characterize a lot of the people that were uh, frustrated with the crowd. Uh, I'll admit that. I think I, I think I, I think I even mentioned it, uh, that a lot of people felt very uh, thirsty for interactions at the time of the major. And so, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll like all I don't know if I want to apologize, but I will say that I think that it was just a poor way to to care to characterize everybody else because I think like a lot of us um just at the event had a very like and maybe we uh maybe we took from the local uh you know the local messiah in Galas and we've made it an us versus them <laughs> type of affair <laughs> and we, we we actually were we're kind of feeling that like it felt like and I think a major has a lot of pressure um so I think that that was probably like a little bit of a lashing out between between Yanko and, uh, cause I know I jumped in a little bit on that, but um, if I express that towards you note, then I would, apo- I will apologize. I don't if, think uh, you did. Okay. But I think I, it was yeah, just I,
1: like a general conversation. Like Yanko yeah. kind of brought it up directly. And then I think you guys were just talking about it. But Yeah. Like, okay. I, I don't really.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah. I would apologize if I said that to, about to you. But,
1: yeah.
0: Right. I, but I do think, I do think there were some people that were just like farming and baiting really hard and just saying like, Brazil crowd equal bat whatever. And then they just would just like yeah, I, I
1: literally had tweets saying like the Brazil crowd is cool. Like I I like the passion that they have. It, like my my only point was that oh, wow, it kind of sucks that some of these games aren't filled up. That was kind of like I, I had direct replies to people where I'm like, I'm not hating on Brazil, I'm not hating on the crowd. Like it just kind of sucks there aren't more people for some of these games. Yeah, that's kind of the end of my point there.
0: Um okay, we're gonna bring in so, Mix to the call nice. uh so that he can hop in and uh, he's ready to go he should be here All right so we want to talk about Anubis coming in but first let's say let's say our goodbyes to to Dust 2 and um
1: what did you guys okay first of all do you guys think this
0: was the right move should it have been dust
1: you know that uh, meme with the with the dancing people with the coffin? That's me with Dust Two. It's, it's absolutely fucked up. Okay. I'm so glad it's gone.
2: You know what's really wild? Oh, yes. we literally could have had three maps gotten removed, and all of us would have still have been happy. I think. So, go ahead, Max. What we? You? What's your angle? I was gonna
3: say. I mean, I'll be biased, and I'll always say I fucking hate Vertigo. Passions. Same. Gross. Um, but objectively, Dust Two is probably worse, Not at least at the insane. moment, and more boring. At <laughs> least more boring to me. I don't know, especially like the new changes it does to it never really like clicked with me it was never very interesting um yeah so fuck it i mean i know a lot of people said like they write out mirage but i still think mirage is like way more interesting from like Dude, from a strategy no, perspective no. Like, don't
0: yeah. don't ever so, take <laughs> out i'm just being honest don't take out mirage like unless it's instantly swapped out for an updated version of mirage i do not want to see it to go like it I is like, it is a great map
1: a i really, think I do, honestly you really like mirage what they should do, if they want to update Mirage, they should do what, um, they should do what, uh, Moses has come up with a couple of, or, like, suggested a few times, where they just, like, alter the site layout a little bit. Like, they move the, like, default boxes and, like, make it triple, or, like, you know, they just kind of change the the layout of certain sites a little bit to keep it fresh, like, be a good way to like revive the map a little bit without taking it straight out of the rotation
2: do you have any idea how confusing that would make callouts, and especially when na goes to eu and vice versa they already don't know what a firebox it is or what a default <laughs> or triple is they already <laughs> fuck those up all the time <laughs> that would be that would be glorious chaos i think it'd be amazing yeah
0: okay okay so we're in agreement we're in somewhat of an agreement that yeah i, I would have out.
2: prioritized vertigo and uh, vertigo ancient does too in that order but you know what it's still one of the top three maps that I didn't need to see anymore. So I, I want to hear your,
0: well, actually I want to hear Pronogo's ranking on like, what you, what do you think the worst maps are like in order in order worst. of
2: worst. So it's probably, yeah, well, I would say, so it's so obviously, including dust Two. Okay, including, including this. this too. So it's obviously Vertigo top one. It's just unwatchable. The The fact that the audio yeah. is still a problem. Like Valve would need to somehow devise a method of like making certain materials not transmit sound. And then you can yes. have vertical maps. Like then if, if I'm walking above you and you can't hear me, that's great. Then we can actually have a map where there's rotations and there's positioning. And there's all these things that make Counter-Strike great. But Vertigo just exists outside the, of that, outside of the, the, the only good
3: thing about Vertigo I'll say is that... It's It does allow for some, like, unique opportunities in terms of, like, lurking on T-side, like, lurking your way up B or towards A, which is something that, like, Dust 2 doesn't have, like, at all. Like um, I love vertical so, yeah. as
2: an idea. I love verticality when Engage came out and then I found out that actually there was an earlier draft of that community map that had like a third level. I w- in A, I was like, "Oh, that would have been interesting." Like I actually really like verticality. The problem is that there's certain aspects of Counter-Strike's like engine, if you want to use that term, that just don't fit with it, right? Like mechanistically, you have mm-hmm. to make some changes. So Valve would need to do that if that's the kind of vibe they go they would go for. And also Vertigo is just such a missed opportunity. We could have like I don't want to call it platforming sections, but we could have something like that where you're like walking around some steel cranes or some sort of construction equipment on the outside of the boundaries instead of it just being like a bunch of four blocks in, in order or whatever. Yeah. Like there could be a lot more interesting gameplay there uh, for like rotations or whatever that maybe is a bit more skill testing. I don't know. There could be something there. So Vertigo is definitely top one. Ancient's the second worst map. And the only reason it's not worse than Vertigo is because like at least it has... The ability for you to, like, for a while, by the way, it didn't have functional audio because everybody remembers the spawn sounds where that would just randomly oh, give away yeah. your position for oh, rotation. That the fact, was so stupid. I can't believe that Valve didn't just remove the water until they fixed the bug. They couldn't at least give us that as, like, okay, this is ruining Counter-Strike at a professional level, guys, but we'll just keep it in until we can fix the bug at our own pace, yeah. you know? Like, what is going on there? But it's still, it's still just, like, it's one of the maps that was hit the most by the fact that CTs can throw smokes everywhere and have spammable stuff with no tracers. Like it's still just a spam map. It has so many of the same problems that now Inferno has that, uh, obviously Vertigo has and had way more before when, you know, you everybody remembers when that a site ramp wall on Vertigo was, a pe- like a bunch of wood instead of the metal. Like it was literally spam fights for the entire, like opening 10, yeah. 30 seconds, you know, whatever. So that's just silly. Um, Vertigo still has a problem of being an a take simulator in some cases, but at least sometimes you can now leverage the rest of the map. So there have been marginal improvements. Uh, so yeah, it would be Vertigo, then Ancient. Uh, Ancient's just too like dominant for CTs, but also makes it so that as soon as like the reason why it's retake simulator is as soon as you lose your forward position as CT, you have nothing to fall back to. So you have no way of like having some sort of in between. Like you think of any map, like you think about Mirage, a little condensed,
0: All yeah, bit condensed, yeah, yeah. You
2: think about yeah. Mirage, you can like take an angle and then fall back and still be on the site. It ancient, you have to take an angle, fall back, and then you're out of the site and have to retake. Like that's just how it is all the yeah. time, you know? So that's okay. like that's like the biggest thing. And then yeah, it okay. would be dust too. We talked about it being boring, but I'll skip okay. over that because it's okay. out. And I'll just say Inferno would probably be the first, fourth worst map, which is kind of weird. All to right, say. we're not gonna
0: we're not gonna go in Inferno slander on this pod. No, Inferno not yeah. this about. <laughs> We're just gonna, we're gonna just okay. Let's now let's shift the conversation sure, yeah, yeah. to to Anubis. <laughs> to Anubis. I
2: cut him, I'm just cut him, gonna, cut him off.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna say first and foremost, I think this was the the right pick between Tuscan, Anubis. I guess breach breach
1: would have been. Like, I guess the other one. Cash I, maybe. I don't know why cash, people are still asking Cob- for that true. to be out. Of. Old cobblestone
2: isn't old cobblestone was, so amazing, guys. So I could have. I could have
0: stood, and I, I would not have expected this because it was the most recent map out. I could have stood for a train, but I uh, but, yeah. but 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 I, I I'm I'm very glad it's Anubis. This yes. map. Is actually good. Uh I think I think like I've said before, like the mid just feels wonky to me because you have to hard left, hard right, clear. And I just think that's bad map design in general. So let me I'm gonna hear you have you guys have you guys played much Anubis or what, what are you guys
3: what are you guys thoughts? I haven't gotten to play much of it. Um I mean I know it's not a valve map, right? It's a community map. Yeah. They'll so,
1: right. own it now, though. Yes, they bought yeah, they, it from, they, the, yeah, they from bought the creators. It. Yeah. So, they,
2: so now, now
0: we're gonna have to wait for them to update shit. But
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like my worst um, fear: yeah. of what could possibly happen? There's always <laughs> like, a, a bad silver lining. People
0: yeah.
3: said uh, Cobble didn't understand that that map was pretty boring. Yeah. So much Dude, nostalgia. Um, that's, yeah, that's that's that's, that's nostalgia. Cash, I don't know. Yeah. Cash is like fine, but it's not really exciting. Like the new Cash wasn't very exciting to me. So Anubis, I haven't really played it much. Um, but just going around it, it just seems like a solid map. I really like, I really like how it looks compared to like ancient. Ancient's always yes. just come off like really bland to me. Um, I feel like yeah. ancient has like a lot more potential than it's currently being used for at the moment. So Anubis, it just kind of looks nice. Uh, seems like it plays out nice. Obviously, I haven't played it, so I can't for sure say. Like you said, you said the mid seems kind of weird. So yeah, I'm pretty. I think it's a good choice. I honestly would have liked to see like them just take out two maps and put two new maps in. Yeah, so, like, that yeah. I feel like that would be really interesting to see, just to see also how, like the perfect time and... to do
1: it. Really, yeah, yeah. it yeah. would have been, it
3: would have been great. But oh well, at least we got one, so we won't yeah. complain too much.
2: And it was posted yeah, earlier that uh, the Blast World Finals will actually feature Anubis.
3: So like maybe if there, so t- glad. if there were
2: if there were two so maps, glad. if there were two new maps, maybe that wouldn't have happened because that would have been too extreme a change for only three weeks out. But now that if it's only one map and we get to see it before the end of the year, I, I mean. We theoretically do. It might just get permadead, but I hope not. I hope we get to see it. So. I, think, I, think I think some, some teams
0: play it. some teams yeah. are gonna play it for sure. Because yeah. especially yeah. if you're an underdog team, why would you not play it? Like you should just if you if you think you're not if you are like NIP, it just makes so much sense for you to try to get good at this map because yes. nothing's going well for you. Like
1: <laughs> you're a team that permaband dust too as well. Like the amount of versatility you could have by putting this into your map pool early. Like yeah. you would be able to fuck around in the vetoes so easily. Um. Yeah, I think... up,
3: like I don't want to play Fluxo and give them a chance to pick a <laughs> Right. Yeah. Some of these underdog team.
1: teams, like I, I feel like teams should not float it against the underdog teams right now. and would be kind of fucked. But that would just be um... a horrible idea. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we've seen it happen before, but I don't know. Yeah. I feel, feel like people never learn sometimes. Sometimes veto um, strategy is just bad for top yeah. teams. It's just literally bad. Sometimes like, C9 I, I,
2: will forget to ban overpass against face at a major point.
0: Or, or nuke. It was nuke. Oh yeah, yeah that's what it was. That was. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, but yeah, that's just stupid. Um,
1: uh, I was going to say, I've yeah. played it a couple of times and I, I did enjoy it. I think you're right in the sense that like, there are some tweaks that definitely need to happen. Uh, But It's not, like, a map that's broken or feels, like, mega, uh, like, one-sided in any way. Like, it's one that I actually think, like, we'll see a lot of quick meta development on, which I like. Like, I like the idea of teams, like, putting this in their pool and trying to innovate very quickly. Yes. It doesn't feel as, like, restrictive as, as Ancient is. It is a little bit, like, in the timings with the CT side versus T side getting to bomb sites. So I think, like, it will be... Like, it might be a little hard for Teeth to get map control, but at the same time, like, I think there's, like, a lot of potential for this map going forward, because I think, like, i played it, I think, six or seven times, and then I've played it a bunch in retakes as well, and both of those were, like, I, I just enjoy it, like, it, it's fresh, it feels different, like, the the way duels are feels different, I, I just, like... Think I think it has a lot of potential
0: retakes on it. I love yeah. playing retakes on it. I think the the angles on bomb sites are so unique. And it's like yes. it's also just like just just some needless Valorant shitting on. But it is why CSGO is just so much sicker than Valorant, because you could like these this bomb site couldn't exist in Valorant. Like they are just weird freaking angles that like utility in Valorant that needs to like fit into these perfect like square like unit like a 12 by 12 unit it just doesn't work on some parts of anubis and i love that i love that it's like kind of it just has all these little quirks and like just weird, weird it just feels weird and new
2: Yeah. Hard agree on the idea that Anubis has some really interesting angles. This one of the most unique aspects of it dating back to its earlier renditions back when it was first put into the game. I think now two years ago. um, I really enjoyed the fact that there was all sorts of unique things that you could do as far as like actually taking gunfights on the map, maybe positioning yourself. You know, I've called out that uh, big area in a, uh, the A side of the map that the T's approach, they have this giant walkway that feels like really yeah. disconnected from a lot of the rest of the map. But the conversely, that allows you to set up utility that allows you to take space or lurk or like here for rotations. And, you know, so even though maybe it, it seems weird on its surface, the longer you play the map, the more you actually try to use it as a tool for your advantage or try to like play around it as a CT. Like you're paranoid leaving A. If you ever leave the yeah. A site as a lurk, you're like hyper paranoid that somebody's just lurking in that walkway. And so you have to like sh- slow walk the whole way and avoid the water because that sloshes and that's kind of like weird and inconsistent. Uh, but generally speaking, I really like that Anubis is actually in the pool. Like this is the first community map made since Cash, which kind of had its own history with CS anyway, that is in a situation where it's actually added, added to the active duty map pool. This is like kind of a watershed moment for mappers in general. So if you're a mapper and you really like making maps, but you, you're you like, oh, I'm demotivated. My map will never get featured. Well, hey, look, Anubis did it. And you yeah. did. Anubis walked so you could fucking run. So I'm looking forward to seeing what comes of this. Like maybe in the future, this will just be a regular thing that now we're going to start to see more community-made maps as that level gets higher. And the other thing I'll say is, yeah, we talked about Valve buying the map and we do have to wait for them to update it. The one thing you can give Valve about Ancient and about Vertigo and especially Overpass, although that's a very different beast because it's so far removed now, is that Valve, when they update it, if they update a map, they will raise the percentage of, of like how good that map is by a few percentage points over time. And it doesn't really matter if the map's already, like, a 20 out of 100. Like, okay, now it's a 23. Like Vertigo. Vertigo. That's Vertigo, right? So it's like, okay, whatever. But if we're giving them something better as a community, like, if the community is is providing better maps, like, better floors, and then they improve on that, suddenly we're, like, we could have this game on. Like, we could have amazing maps in the future that, like, redefine what actually is a good map in most people's eyes. Like, I'm not saying that Anubis is necessarily going to do that, but the fact that, like, mid It holds the most controversial part of the map and the most exciting part of the map. It has the canal that you can drop in or boost up into, which is like the best part of the map, I think, in terms of like what's unique about it alongside the angles that we were talking about earlier. And then obviously it has like the double door and like the weird clear and stuff and like the choke point you can just throw one smoke at. And maybe that's a little bit weird, but I think maybe there's a bit more nuance that people give it credit for. And there's going to be like all sorts of different like mind games people do. It might not be the most satisfying thing, but it's going to be a thing. And the fact that it's proximity is so close to something that's so unique about the map, I think means that it's just generally speaking, going to be interesting to watch mid mid gun even if people are writing it off right now. So yeah, even like the part of the map that you're in like doubting kind of has some yeah. hidden value that like you, you're way, to, you're interested to see where it goes. Right. So that's really exciting.
1: It just oh, feels, bridge, like, original without feeling gimmicky. Yes. Which I like. Yeah. Like, it doesn't, like, you go and play, like, you if you go to Valorant, like, oh, they're like, we'll chuck a third bomb site in here to make this map different. I heard a map has hey, a zipline. Oh, is that true? Like, is, that, is that actually yes. real? There's a zipline yes. map? There's,
2: like, a zipline
0: on a couple maps. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. Well, there's one map that has a zipline, like, down the center that you can, like, go to a bomb site from, like, either side of it. Yeah. It's really, it's really fucking weird. But, yeah, like, it feels like... It's not gimmicky in the way like the map is designed with like originality, like it Vertigo does bring new stuff to the table. Yeah. yeah. is exactly.
0: gimmicky. Anubis is just well constructed and unique. Like, yes. It's, exactly. It's exactly. I do want to I, say that
3: about that zipline yeah. valorant map, Fracture. I prefer Fracture over Vertigo, and I don't even have to think twice about that
0: i i mean it's hard for me to even contest that actually yeah but but uh i think what's cool about anubis is that also i, I think of this as like a greater picture thing is that on certain maps that valve has introduced because like you mentioned it with like the spammy wars uh pornogo, like that we see a lot on ancient and on vertigo where they just a1s spam through smokes anubis is not necessarily a map where like I can easily envision a spot that's so vital that people are just going to be spamming it. One, the A1S is a little weaker. But two, I, I just think that, like, this is a map where I just think people are going to be so rewarded for being, like, very thoughtful and having yes. foresight in terms of the the fights that they're going to be taking. Like, like, when I just think of, like, how the A bomb site is, like, kind of like a, how do you even describe it, like a spiral sort of thing, like, that's moving up. And uh, like the the mind games people are gonna play against each other on bomb site fights are just gonna be so interesting, and it's gonna just like people will literally like. I bet you there's gonna be some insane, insane post plant clutches on B and A that are like almost gonna be graffiti worthy in the next major. Like I would be shocked if someone doesn't just outplay the hell out of another team on one of these sites and wins a huge round because th- there's potential to do that. Especially especially if someone like Monacy is just like on A with an op, like behind a pillar or something, just weaving, oh, it's gonna be, I just can't wait for some of the fights to emerge on this. Whereas when I saw Ancient, it was like, this is like a lot of open space that's yeah. just going to get – people are just going to get mowed down. It's just going to be some like unskillful brawl that's going to happen. But on Ancient, I did not – I don't think that at all. I, I like how almost claustrophobic – it's not claustrophobic either. It's like there's a lot of options – but they're just different. Okay. I'm well, ancient is like
2: baiting for smoke walls and all this other stuff to like, you think yeah, about yeah. the A-bomb site how open it is from like the big box slash brokey spot to like where the rest of the bomb site is. It's like, oh yeah, if, well you just throw three smokes, then it's great. It's like, okay. Yeah. If you just create all the cover and then <laughs> play around that, then it's great. Yeah. It's a great map. If it has cover added to it by the players, <laughs> it's, it's like silly. It's like, you don't need, you shouldn't really need that. There's some examples where it's interesting, like Nuke. But even then, it's like, well, you could get around that with a flashbang or something. Like, when it's on a bomb site, it's completely different. So, yeah, I agree. Ancient doesn't have the same fodder for really highlight plays and, like, playing around the, the pillar or playing around, like, any of the other cover in, like, the B-bomb site, for example, the big obelisk and all of this different stuff there. Like, you can actually play it, – it was almost like – I feel like Anubis – is constructed in such a way that even if you have really good utility, you have to account for like being able to me- like mechanically or positionally outplay your opponent. Around yeah. that utility. Like if you think about throwing a smoke on the B-bomb site between the obelisk and the back wall, that like quad spot or whatever people are calling it, mm-hmm. you can actually see over that depending on what you what you stand on. You can actually maybe like, maybe there's a gap somewhere. Like it's actually really hard to smoke that off completely. And people are even saying, yeah, throw a second smoke on that exact spot just to get it through or throw a molly <laughs> or something. It's like people are going to have to do that sort of thing if that's the approach they want to be. And I feel like, I don't know if it's it's hard to deliberately design around that. But I think it's a testament to how well crafted this map actually is that it's not going to be very easy to just win a map based on utility alone, uh, and that means that it's very much less likely to devolve into smoke spams for sure.
0: Yeah. Okay. We are in a unanimous agreement that this is going to be this is going to be good. I, I mean, th- what's eventually going to happen, I think, is like we're going to figure out that there's some like. OP spots that CTs have to get smoked on every time or whatever. But beyond that, I think this is great. I, I would, it's super early to say this, but I want to put this up there with like some of Valve's best changes to the game in the past few years, um, just including this map for for not only the reasons that the map is just good, but the fact that also it it indicates that they are looking in a greater picture sort of sense of like using community maps. Uh, that's just That's just such a great step in the right direction. Okay, since we're limited on time, Let's just try to run through this one quickly on the A1S op nerfs. Um, let's start with the one that I think is more mild, the op nerf. Uh, do you guys think five bullets is a huge... Like, what's your take on on five bullets?
2: You know, we had a Patreon question exactly about this. And we I, I was saying, yeah, I would just cut it in half to five. And then you guys were saying, well, maybe seven or eight would be better. Because then it's like, oh, you still have the potential to like rebolt and then have like, you know, 5k yeah. or whatever. I do think... That you guys were correct in in your points, though, that like this is actually, I I tweeted this out earlier, this is probably the end of like op 1v5s, op 1v4s, or anything like that. The amount of precision you have to have is so much higher. Um, You know, and it, uh, but like the, the benefit is, like we might have thrown the baby out with the bathwater because those clutches are amazing and it, it would be nice if it was still possible, yeah. right? But the benefit is you're not going to see oppers just like spam half of their clip through a wall while they're like waiting for their opponents to come in. You know what I mean? So that's like yeah. probably the biggest benefit that I can see is like this This is Valve trying to end the spam wars between like putting in a map that's, that's really hard to do, um, the A1S nerf and the op nerf make, all making it harder to spam or like less likely that A1Ss are going to be the only gun on the CT side. So I do think it's going to be a net benefit, but I also think that maybe this was a little bit too hard and like maybe my overcorrection suggestion of having five shots, I'm starting to see like maybe there's a little buyer's remorse on that idea. Uh, Obviously, I didn't actually author the change, but like me putting that forward now I can kind of see maybe what other people were thinking. It's like it it feels really different to opt now. Like it feels much harder, much like the stakes are super high and the gun is so expensive. And now if you miss one shot. I mean, sometimes you were dead anyway if you missed one shot, but if you miss one shot now, it's, like, it, it feels very different. You have to, like, fall back for a lot it's, longer. It's
1: punishing to miss a shot, like, way more punishing to yes. miss a shot now than it was before. Like, before you missed a shot, like, you, maybe you lose positioning, you, like, give up ground for, like, tease to entry or or something along those lines. Now you, like, miss a shot, you, like, literally are, like, the, the amount of plays you can make is reduced because you, yes. like, have a limited number of shots to then uh, play with. I think, like, yeah, I think, like, in general, the the idea of reducing the op bullet count is good. Like, we talked about that. I actually think it might have even been on the last episode, if I'm not mistaken. Or, like, two episodes ago, so it's pretty funny timing. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think, like, I, I still stand by what we said before, where I think, like, six or seven would probably be, like, a slightly better number. Um, in this case, I almost feel like they should increase the reload speed by, like, a small percentage, like, even five or five or eight percent, mm. something along those lines, because that would, like it would still leave you with the punishment of having far less bullets to op with, but it would, like, kind of balance it a little bit more in that scale. Like, you would still, like, the op reload time is still pretty fucking long. So I think, like, if you balanced it in that way, like, it would still allow for the occasional, like, really sick highlight clip moment because, like, I don't know, maybe simple is, like... I don't know big box does too even though it's gone now but like dancing around that reloading after shooting three people and like somehow pulls it off you know like like that would still be fun to watch i think
0: yeah okay let's talk about the let's talk about the a1s let's talk about this this is the one that i think more people are uh fixated on seems like it's gonna have a bit stronger impact on the meta so, did you guys see that Twitter post that that guy made about, like, all these spots that are going to yeah. now change for A1S holders? Um, I think that was really illuminating. I'm glad that person that made that post shouts out to them. But um, I I still think the A1S will be, like, popular. I, it's it's really hard to say that, like, just that is going to make people stop spamming smokes. And everybody's found out that there's just too much value in spamming smokes and that's the only issue i take with it that it's hard now because people have really recognized the biggest benefit of the gun which is just not having tracers
1: yeah yeah i think it's not damage
0: damage was good too actually
1: yeah i think it's it's not enough of a enough of an update i wouldn't say not enough of a nerf but like for example if they switch the price points between the two m fours that would be like perfect i think like having the a1s still worth a little bit more but have like the advantage of being silenced and having like a slightly better um like overall uh ability to spam through smokes and stuff like that while being slightly more expensive like then you're kind of looking at it as when you're in a better position again also if they enable the ability to buy both rifles that would obviously change and make it far more ideal because then you would have players kind of like when your when your CT side is going really well, you can be like, okay, now I can buy the A1s because it's like I like worry a little bit less about the extra two hundred dollars that I'm spending. Uh, whereas like the A4 balanced at twenty nine hundred would kind of still like for me that's that's more of a justifiable price point. Like I don't know how much you guys have played around with the A4 um, recently, but it still feels like substantially worse of an option than the A1s. Uh, like I would see no reason to ever set the A4 right now, even if the fire rate is slightly faster, like it's just not worth it. Yeah. The only thing I can think of is that,
2: well, okay. So I already, I said this as well on the most recent episode of the off angle, but for posterity's sake, a very quick truncated version is the A1S having worse damage at range is an inversion of what the gun actually should be. Like, it doesn't make sense because the gun is actually physically longer, so it sticks out more, right? And then the gun is more accurate, so you can actually hit stuff at farther away ranges. And then also, like, there's the silent part and all this other stuff. Ideally, making a close-range gun, like if you're going to say it has slower fire rate, that's another thing. It's like the A4 is the close-range gun. It's shorter, more compact, it fires faster. Why would that be the gun that deals more damage at close-up, or or, uh, sorry, less damage at close-up? Like, it just doesn't even make sense when you're trying to break down what the guns are. That feels really strange to me from just a design perspective. And then coupled that with the fact that now the A1S... Like people have figured out, I think Maui's right. Like people figured out that the A1S is bought for its tracers, lack thereof. It's bought for its accuracy. It's bought for the fact that you can like very liberally shoot it. And like, even the fact that it's like a surprise, it's a land gun. People have rem- rediscovered the fact that this is a land gun because nobody the, can hear the anything. The spray is tighter as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's so, just a generally
1: yeah. easier weapon to use. Yeah.
2: So, I mean, just based on that alone, and like the fact that it is cheaper means that there's pretty much no reason to buy the A4. Uh, and also, a, a slight technical tangent, I don't think we'll ever see the A4 and the A1S be on the same buy menu. Because Valve have hard-coded the game to only have, like, six slots or whatever. And so they would have to probably undo a a stupid amount of code just to remove that limitation, as far as I know. Uh, so, or they would have to remove like the auto sniper or something, which I don't think anybody would care about. But <laughs> Valve would can't, probably They never can't do, do that
0: because of the skins. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So, Or
2: um, uh, they could move it to heavy. I mean, the fucking riot shield is in the heavy spot with the shotguns because, again, Valve doesn't
1: know how to like put it, another slot in the uh, equipment. Riot tab shield skins are coming in the next update, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, uh, following the blast major. Yeah.
0: I want to know, Mix, rate the gun changes out of 10 for both both changes at the same time. Put them in a box. What's the what's, but, your, what's your rating? Um, what Valve what valve did with the gun changes here? How would you rate it?
3: I'll give it, like, a 6. That's what I'm feeling. Yeah. It's like, the A1 doesn't seem enough, yeah. and that's kind of sad, because I really like the A4. I've seen people play with it, and it has such good skins. Dude, it just, sounds, want, better, miss, it? Like yeah, it just sounds better, doesn't it? Yeah, it just sounds better. It's nice, like... I, I it see, sounds like, better in an arena, for sure. Like, not even oh, close. Yeah. I see someone with, like, a HAL skin, and I'm like, dude, this is fucking sick. Like... It's art. You say it. yeah. yeah, it's art. And the so
2: A4 is art, and the A1S <laughs> is what uh, macaroni art.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I then think... the op right change. Enough. I mean, I was gonna say like the op change is fine. Um, I I definitely would prefer like seven bullets. Maybe I'm just biased because the only gun I can use is an op, uh, because <laughs> okay. I can't spray. Um, and you should be loving the A1S, yeah. <laughs>
2: dude. Come
3: on. True. That is true. So. I don't know. I think the op- I think the op change is fine. It's still very impactful. You definitely have to make your shots count, and I mean, when someone does actually get a fucking ace and just hits every shot right, it just makes it even more special. So, I think the op will still be fine. Uh, we'll kind of see how it plays out. But I really wish I would have nerfed the A1s a bit more because I just missed the A4, just uh, personally.
1: I think the part that also really sucks is that now that they did this nerf, I feel like they're not going to readdress it for a while, yes. which means that we're kind of locked into this. Like We're not going to see them like switch the price points or something like that either. They're just going to be like, okay, now we're going to wait a few months and see how this update plays out. And we're kind of fucked on both it, ends now.
2: Yeah, this was the opportunity to get this error corrected and it was not fully corrected, I think, is the general... That's the general conclusion. Yeah. I think, too. I, I think like, as a... Com- uh, I don't
0: know. Like I, I think that we're, like, we're gonna probably still see the A1S a lot, but also I think that, like, I don't, I guess I don't want them to do too much, because the A, because, like, this isn't, I'll just put it like this, this isn't as bad as the AUG meta, this isn't as bad as, like, like, the, like, so, I'm not, like, and I, I do think that this will actually have a decent enough impact after looking at all those spots where the a1s is weaker now because some people were just body shotting there and i think that you have to be a little bit higher skill with the weapon now to you know hedge you know go for the double dink or like the dink dink body shot or whatever like all that all that's a step in the right direction so i might just be i might tentatively give it like a seven instead of a six like it's 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 all right i guess but not not a strong seven (laughs) Maybe (laughs) 6.5 if I'm being very particular about this. Okay. Again, let's try to keep move. Let's keep this moving. Um, The last topic before we do Patreon questions, we're just going to briefly, briefly talk about some teams at the Fall Finals that we want to see either, like, that we kind of have some grievances about or just, like, in general, just concerns. Uh, Let's start first with I think this is going to be a shorter topic, so we'll, we'll start with NIP. So let's just do them first and I think that we all just okay, this was like they looked really bad at uh the major and I wanna address the point that I think switching to English has made this team worse. Like I think a lot of these players are not as sharp and as quick and they're not calming as well and they're not trading as well because they're they're speaking in a second uh a foreign language now. So anything you guys wanna see from NIP like can Rez be good? Or
2: what? Like, <laughs> can Res be? Yeah, I mean, the I. Last time Rez was
0: like a game changer. You know what I mean? Uh, very early this year when he started using one way smokes that I think DJL showed him. Honestly, <laughs> that was it.
1: I the, the the thing that sucks about NIP uh, is that Hampus, Brolin, and Rez could be such a sick rifle core, but now that they have Rez on the op, it's just kind of depressing. Because like, where's the like? I don't. Like their floor is so much lower, and like their ceiling, sure, like it, like if they all turn up and pop off, like if Rez is simple on a day, you know, as DJ will never say. be, he will not
0: be that. <laughs> Let's just be honest, he's not gonna be simple, like so that's the not thing,
1: even like, for a day. I just don't I? Not even for a day, to be honest. Yeah, I just don't. Yeah, I just don't rate their new lineup highly because of like that combination of factors between them switching to English and like their communication issues being kind of like even in interviews they have said like they they kind of like toe the line. They're like, yeah, it's kind of okay. We're working on it, but that's kind of like always a telltale telltale sign of like, yeah, it's kind of shit right now. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just like between res opping and and them not like. Com- playing or communicating well on the server, I don't really have much faith in them right now at all, like to, to kind of like curb their form. The communication issues, we didn't talk about vitality yet. I'm not sure that we'll get
2: to, but I feel like the communication issues kind of mirror the vitality sequence where you everybody was like, well, they'll get better and they'll improve and it'll be like a linear sort of improvement for communication and team cohesion. I'm not sure it's... I feel like it's fallen off. It's like Moore's Law is dead. We're hitting the asymptote of, like, how how good Vitality are going to be as a team. And I feel like the same thing is probably going to happen with Nip. But there's an outside chance that maybe they just, like, work better together. Um, I, I really hope this lineup works out because I do rate Alexi B. And if you just have a string of, like like awkward middling, like worse than expectations would give you performances with teams, especially with good pieces like G2 and now like less good pieces, but still good pieces at NIP. It's like, people aren't really going to know, Oh yeah. Rez was oping. And that's why, like they didn't do too well. They're just going to see, Oh, you were on a team with Rez. Why couldn't you win anything? And like, I hope that Alexibi B doesn't get that like over his head forever, basically like an Alex mm-hmm. 2.0 kind of situation. Uh, so hopefully that works out for him uh, or he is able to some parlay into a different squad or like a better set of players or just like role swaps, put Rez back on the rifle. Maybe. Um, yeah, the, definitely the op thing is probably more concerning to me than the English thing, but both are a concern, a drag factor. And we would need to see, like, we would need to see more than just, like, a flash in the pan, which is, I think, what we all agree the RMR was. You know, we would need to see something that implies a consistent, yeah. gro- like, growth or, you know, some sort of g- curve going upward. And we're just not seeing that right now. So that's where, my biggest where do you
1: concern. S- where do you see their ceiling in, like, I don't know, six months, I guess, since we're going into a break. But, like, where do you see uh, them hitting as a ceiling? It would
2: be kind of surprising uh, if they're still in top 10 uh, you know or Yeah, like I think they're a team on. that can yeah. fall
0: out. Yeah. I think they can fall out of top 10 for sure looking at some of the teams that I are mean, not in it right now. They're 15 right
1: now so they're not there anyway.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm just yeah. actually I'm just so used to seeing them Yeah. Top 10. <laughs> yeah. Um, that must be a weird uh,
2: low for this team after like yeah. sort of hanging after, on for so long.
0: And what sucks about this completely is that NIP were with despite using ZTR and Linus and Foezy. Yeah. They maintained top seven, top eight for so long. Yeah. And that was the most impressive, like in some ways, like they were like, like what we almost kind of, I don't know. They just felt like this team that just should never be doing this well. And they kept hanging on. Like I could describe them so many times as like a cockroach where it's like, they shouldn't be here. Like just yeah. die. Like should die, They should die, but they kept surviving and they kept like reinventing themselves just enough to like sustain some sort of semblance of success and for now like i yeah I'll, I'll touch on one thing with rez though like that i really don't like about his playstyle i th- i think his mechanics are very good i think they are it actually like like when i i got i bit a little bit too hard on when i saw them play cloud 9 because i thought rez played very well individually but what i've noticed once i started looking closer at him especially their losses he just passively rotates all the time with the op as opposed to like he doesn't like look for his own shot enough like he doesn't try to create for himself enough he kind of just lets the game come to him and I think that's a little bit of actually how he was as a rifler too where he didn't know always when he should be moving forward or being more proactive. He was very he was an incredibly reactive player. And because his mechanics were so good, he was a very serviceable, reactive player. But I don't think as an opera, that is how you can play today completely. Like we have one end of the spectrum where Torsi just is like way too aggressive, doesn't even know how to be reactive anymore. But Rez is like the complete opposite of that, where he might actually have better mechanics than Torsi, actually, Um, but he is just not putting himself in positions to, like, impose his skill on people, and I think he needs to be doing that more. So, let's, uh, let's move on to Liquid. Mix, I know you wanted to talk about
3: this team. I did. <laughs> what, am I just going from there? Yes, take it. <laughs> okay. take, take your grievance is <laughs> on Liquid. Take your team. Take it. Well, listen, I don't want to shit on them too much. You know, I mean, this run at this point was major. I mean, the run out to major was disappointing. I mean the biggest thing with me them with me for them uh, at the moment it's just like it's not just that like nitro is like bad i feel like i can't in like 95% of their games i can't think of like any positive impact he has like as an individual like just going i was looking through and like his impact rating at the moment his actual impact rating for like the past 3 months is a 0.67 which is people yeah people don't know that is fucking that is abysmal like that is really bad like as a comparison taco the last three months is at like a point 80 kerrigan's at like a point nine like there's no one that's like kind of even close to that at the moment and so that literally is just i know he's like giving he he obviously gives up like a lot of space as a rifle like as a rifler he's pretty much um kind of like last in terms of the resources he's gonna put get invest in himself especially in like ct side when you have fucking it's it's worse
1: than it's worse than hooksy's impact rating for the last three months yeah, that oh, is no. That's
0: <laughs> un. That's actually kind of unbelievable when you give that context. Is this rating itself worse than Hooksies in the past three months?
1: Uh, maybe it's just Let me straight, see. straight. It's, up so rating. Hooksies is point uh point eight nine for both rating and impact rating
3: nitros this is a 0. 0.86 rating i'm pretty sure oh yeah, my point, god 0. 0.86 Yo,
1: rating no. and a 0. 0.67 impact rating yeah. Dude, how has this guy flown under the radar
2: for this amount of time
3: how, i've Dude, never heard gave him a pass stat.
0: i think we i think literally gave this guy think, such a
3: huge pass people have kind of given him a pass like because you know he came back from valor it's like oh you know nitro used to be pretty good fragger like when he was opping he was like solid you know he wasn't like he's honestly like reses now uh, on the off. It was, like, the same rating, but... <laughs> and as a rifler, like, people always, like, knew, like, he had, like, high peaks. And he's had, like, some pretty good matches over, like, the year. There's been some match right that like, he actually, like, just popped off. But it just hasn't really gotten consistently better at all. I mean, it's still, like, really bad now, and it's just... I don't know, you just can't win consistently when you have a fourth player that is... Like, I don't really know. I can't say much about his calling and, like, how much of it he does, like, how that team works. Because I, I would assume a and are both very vocal Yeah, in terms of, are. like, the things that they want to do. And then you also have your Opera OC that's going to, like, want to dictate some things that he wants to do as well and he should be. So, in terms of, like, what Nitro's doing, it's... Does he have enough impacts in the calling and, like, the overall system of the team to justify, like, that kind of rating? I don't think anyone really can. No. No Especially, one... <laughs> that's
0: just actually yeah. too bad. That's just individually, yeah. like... It's, war- it's actually a negative contributing factor, like, completely. Yeah. So. yeah. I, I
1: actually want to get an idea of, like, how much he calls as well, so I stood next to them for a few rounds during uh, EPL. Like, he does he does have, like, he is vocal in, like, calling some rounds, but, like, during the mid-round, there's a lot of talk from, like, Elysian to Kinder, a lot of input as to, like, where they should go next or, like, uh, where, like, players are and what, what moves they should make like, as an So, like, I don't know. I think, like, Yeah, I don't know how how you can justify that impact from Nitro at the moment. That is just rough. Like, honestly, I was calling for Hooksy's head before
2: they went into the whole Giga Chad. Like, oh, he's actually doing well, and he got his life game against... It wasn't even Gamer Legion. That was the one that they lost. I don't know. Some team that nobody's heard from since. And uh, that was at the RMR. And obviously, them failing to qualify was, like, mega. Like, what the fuck? But I don't know. Like with like that's just i don't i can't fathom that he's actually worse than hooksy statistically like i it's not like they're only I like play. a substantial
1: margin too well for impact that's, yeah right yeah. and so it's like
2: i don't know that's like i i i'm actually a little shell shocked i think i need a fan or something you know i need to <laughs> i need to calm down because what the fuck how could you how could you be worse than hooksy like no disrespect to hooksy except for everything that i just said but how could you like honestly i don't understand
3: i mean his impact rating the last three months is literally like 0.2 worse than hooksy like that is that's yeah yeah. Good. I
0: mean, good i'm pulling up now just like the the year stats for players and just who's the worst in the world now and um i this think nitro like, <laughs> yeah,
2: nitro's
0: in the bot nitro is the second worst to hooksy for the year like and it I mean and he's trending downwards. So wow. Like that's like
3: that's the thing, is that it's yeah, like it's trending downwards. Like his impact rating is worse now than it would have been like at the start of the year. Or like just his rating in general, I feel like. Which These is people yeah not the trend talk- you want to see when he's coming back from Valorant. You would expect him to get like better and more into it. Yeah. I should liquid buy MSL. Yes. Um
0: well, well, actually, holy
3: shit! MSL and OC on the same team—that's like my dream team.
0: That would be for Mix. That would be his dream. But those I, are I two like,
3: MVP oppers
2: on the same team. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God,
0: um, I yeah, okay so. For Liquid as a, in like a greater sense, like a big picture thing, like it does seem very difficult to imagine that they can, uh, cause we've had this con- like this is kind of, has been a conversation for the last like couple sorry, sorry, years. Sorry, that sorry, sorry to
1: interrupt. I, I looked up, so top, if you filter for top 30 teams on LAN in the last year, Nitro is the worst for rated player. He's the worst. On LAN specifically, okay. Yes. On LAN, and, okay. And Dexter is point uh, zero one above him, but yeah, he is the worst god damn Yeah. wow wow yeah, that's a it's absurd actually that's incredibly
0: disappointing to hear um because it's like you you know they're, they're kind of like we like we had this conversation before and i think it was mostly like started with like fallen playing incredibly well with the op when sklg were in their sort of era if you want to call it that and it was like, this is the future of CS. And I think we actually kind of saw demonstrations of this at the major with Jame and Kadian. Yep. There's no real deadweight player on those teams. Like, you can say, like, Kickert wasn't great, or um, there's no one, Yabby wasn't excellent either, I'd say. But, like, really, like, there's no one that's just horrible. And then they were able to achieve pretty deep finishes. Um, I think we might have to restart that conversation in some sense now. Just that if these, if these teams with IGLs that can either, like, Be a little bit random and and pop off like a Dexter, for example, or like a Kerrigan. But if you have a guy like Nitro, that's just... Consistently, Consistently that, like, even this when bad. these guys
3: are playing like when a guy like Dexter is playing bad, I feel like he's still having more impact or like Kerrigan than the Nitro. Yeah, is.
0: that's that's the thing. Like, yeah. I think I think they, they fit in the structure and the system a lot better. Like, with with, with the, the Nitro thing, is like he's not even entering, like, he's not even if you're entry fragging and creating space for your people that can just trade you. You actually, the thing is, your rating is just better because if you get traded, your rating, your rating goes up, actually. So, <laughs> uh, I it's pretty inexcusable to be this bad individually because we also know at this point that like yes he's an IGL but Yukinder and a lot of other people contribute very heavily in mid round so it's not like he's just literally microing everybody nor would you expect him to when you have players like Elysian Naf yes. on the team. So do you
1: think yeah. if daps came back as an IGL for them they would be better? <laughs> that he would be better individually as well.
0: It's it's honestly impossible to say no like (laughs) like you all right it's impossible to say it's not impossible it's what i don't know how i phrase that really badly you could definitely say they would be better that's what i'll frame that it's it's you they could have they could be better with daps playing yeah they could be that's that's the state of affairs for nitro and liquid right now how unbelievable is that to even say that
3: because the thing is that like I don't know. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they still keep Nitro going into the next year, to be honest. Um, yeah. But, I don't know, like, man. Like, I know. But... The thing is, like, I don't know, like, where the fuck they go from there. Yeah, like, from yeah that's the
1: problem. Yeah,
0: it's it's honestly, like, JT's not really a better fragger. <laughs> like, we're being really, not, not really gonna... brutal here. Um, I I mean, mate, I think I've seen more JT performing better, but, like. I think it's against worse competition.
3: Let's see. Let's see. I think it's against
0: worse
1: competition. Higher impact. Yeah, it is against worse competition.
0: He is entering though, so like he, he runs out first. They get to bait it. Floppy gets to bait him. Grim gets to bait him. Like so, it's it works in the system. I think better actually. <laughs> but I, yeah, I I can't really find an easy replacement for him. But also, I actually don't don't rule out entirely just Daps.
1: Shall yeah, that's just, the thing, right? Like, I when know. I was thinking about it, I was like, that's maybe? like, Yeah. Because he's also, like, been coaching them for a bit. He knows, like, generally what the structure is. So it's yeah. not like there would be some massive jarring change when he if he was to come in. Just have wow. Nitro a coach
2: think... instead. Just do a direct swap.
0: I actually can't believe... what. We came to at the conclusion of like the main portion of this podcast is that we actually want DAPS in and nitro out. Like that's that's <laughs> the craziest, craziest finish to this. Um let's pivot to Patreon questions and yeah. we'll close this out. Okay, so Patreon question from Easy Pete. Are you got them ready, Bruno? For the yeah, okay. So they Patreon are. question from Easy Pete. Going to throw one for mix here. How do we assess Essa tag's time at NIP, especially now that he's no longer oping?
3: Uh I mean overall it's just very I'm very welmed. Not like okay. Like, it could have been worse, I feel like. I mean, I don't know why. See, NIP, they should have seen like what happens when you bring an Essa tag and then make him an Opper. Right, good things don't happen. <laughs>
1: why'd you say it anyways. like why'd you say it like he is one of the players of all time? <laughs> yeah,
3: he is. say that, tag's Best, best role is what he's going to be doing now, which is like when he's just like the role player, he's like filling every role. He's super valuable in that. He's, I generally feel he performs pretty well, like as well as he can or as, as well as he needs to. Um, in those roles, he's pretty vocal. He's just a nice guy to like have around the team. He's always pretty positive. Um, I assume his communication is pretty good. Whether it's, I mean, if it's English, he's obviously like it's probably the best speaker on that team, which probably helps him a lot. So I think with this core, like with this team, this is pretty good it's like what he should be doing because i assume maybe it's just failing alexi b and Hampus are both like guys that even as igls they want to take like a good amount of space they want to have the game kind of like revolving around them a bit more and obviously you have rez who is all i i don't know rez is so this has been so underwhelming to me for like such a long time it feels like there's like he'll go through like a period or two where he's like really good and then it kind of just dips back down again and Brolin is still really good and I think that's like one thing Estataggers really can really help with is that Broan actually likes a lot of those, like a lot of like the, the lurk spots and like, you know, the anchor spots. Um, you'd kind of see some role players kind of fill. So I'm sure Estetag isn't doesn't necessarily have to play those. Like, he doesn't have to play the same as he would play on like Astralis, for example, back in the day. Um, so he's kind of feeling more like that. So I don't know. I mean, I think he does like his job fine. I don't think he's like amazing or anything, at least on this team. So I'd say, uh, I'm not like underwhelmed. I'm not like, oh my mm-hmm. God, I'm so impressed by tag on NIP. It's kind of just, it's been, it's been a time.
2: It has been a time. I still can't <laughs> believe that this guy went from, so he gets bought out from Astralis, goes to cloud nine, you know, that obviously happened. Cloud nine was also a time. And then That's after, <laughs> after cloud nine, he goes to complexity and complexity is just like a total shit show. Time. <laughs> that was also a time. Now he goes to NIP device is like now we can get started and i'm gonna get out of here and that's a, that's the third a time in a row dude like how many a times is this that's, gonna gonna so happen? he's
3: like he's like finally i've got my boy s attack i'm so ready i'm gonna fucking leave
2: <laughs> that's pretty much what happens so i don't know man that's nuts like that
3: guy has such an unlucky like streak of teams that just the last not years. like
1: i can't really hold it against him too much Imagine um, if they just replaced Zipnix with us a tag back and kept device in this roster in that roster. I don't know if he uh, ever leaves,
2: honestly, sense. if that happens. That's crazy. Wild. Okay. Oh,
0: let's boy. do let's do next question. Andrew said so simple had a 0.87 lowest on his team in the match against Furia. He also had a 0.89 uh he also had a zero point eight nine second loss in the final against FaZe in the last major. Should Simple not receive more criticism and people question him turning up for big moments? Um, I I hope he does get criticism. I've I've been saying that his um his goat status is becoming it's it's still like undisputable, but it's also it can become tenuous very quickly. Yes. Um. So that's uh that's kind of where I'd put it. I don't know. What do you do? You guys want to do some simple hating?
3: <laughs> some, I mean, I, I'd some agree old. with that I guess, assessment. I, I, I think, think it's good like, status. oh, sorry,
1: go ahead. I, I was gonna say I agree with that assessment. I think like it it is something that can become tenuous. It's not in dispute quite yet, but like when you're not turning up to big matches like that, it is something that is like that is a blight on your record for sure. And I think like I don't think it's a consistent thing that always happens to him. But like, yeah, the two like in the, in the two big major appearances, especially one like this where Navi like. This was their bracket. Like, there's no way that like you think that they're gonna ever look back on this and and not be like punching themselves every single time they think about losing this. Uh, Some semi- like losing that match against Faria. Like, it's it's. This is probably one of their easiest major bracket runs, or, or not like easiest major bracket runs, but like this should have just been a major that they took home. Yeah, I think this sure. is and the I easiest. Think, this, like, is easiest yeah, this is their easiest. This is their easiest bracket. Yeah. Okay, there yeah. you go. Yeah. So it's like that's the thing. Like, I think you you phrased it probably the best. Like, I don't think I can really elaborate much on that. Like, in this in the sense of like, it's definitely like starting to to like turn the narrative a little bit in that sense.
0: Yeah, I uh,
1: awkward I don't awkward
2: like, uh, that he got player of the decade at this event after getting eliminated. To,
1: yeah. to raucous applause, of course. Yes,
2: and obviously, with his name being uh, Simulpa, I, I don't know who that guy is, but that's a pretty
1: good. Of course. One. Yeah. Really? Did they typo it? Oh, they, on the floor. Yeah, yeah, it was typoed wrong. Oh it was spelled, spelled his name wrong. Yeah.
0: Wow, I didn't. I didn't catch that. <laughs> I wasn't.
2: <laughs> I know you I did. Mean, I was... Yeah.
0: It's just I was not there, <laughs> but uh, yeah, nobody, else, I, was. nobody was there. else was. Nobody else was. Okay. Jesus. Uh, oh Jesus. Um. Yeah. So right, I, anyway, right. I also
2: wanted to say, listen, Andrew, if you're you're back on Twitter now, but you should remember that there's more criticism for people named Andrew. Okay. There's no place for people named Andrew in this space. Anyway, just some Twitter. As
0: news. as Carlos learned the hard way. Yeah. Yes. Wait, Mix, um, okay. Mix was
1: going to say something. I
0: think. Oh okay. Yeah,
1: what know. was I gonna say? Uh, <laughs> Something about simple being bad. At uh, majors? Uh, I, was,
3: I was probably gonna say like I feel like his ghost status is probably still uh, kind of indisputable until like yeah. gets a major. Yes. Uh, Even then, I feel like it's yeah. Even then, like I don't know. Simple has so much longevity, especially compared to Ziwu, So,
0: oh, actually, you know, if if dude, if if zaiwo wins the Paris major, and actually, let's say Vitality sweep next year, they win both majors. The conversation is
1: yes. on,
0: and it's not like it's not like a lot of people are actually. I mean, the thing is, Zaiwoo didn't actually has gotten eliminated in some ways where he didn't perform super well, but yep. he actually usually is. He actually usually is the one that's like trying to hard carry a team that's just fucking letting him down. So I think Symbol has a lot of moments like that too in his career. To be fair, where he was like playing pretty well, but like there are there's just a lot of these moments where like the lack of world championships from simple is the is just it's just concerning um, i would say so. i
1: would say simple is two majors away from from entering that like very questionable area like two underwhelming, under, two, two underwhelming yeah. major performances away yeah exactly yeah might be true uh,
0: okay um let's move on from that let's go to first Sock. between c9 and Outsiders and Gambit, who had the most legitimate major win, whose was the flukiest? Yeah, I mean, okay. was the flukiest. I will argue
3: this whole day. Gambit? Gambit.
2: Yeah,
3: I, I, I think was Outsiders right. was
2: the flukiest. Yeah. Uh... I think Hold Gambit so, Gambit's right in the middle. You have to remember Gambit defeated an Astralis side in a comeback yeah, train. This is true. This is true. Like there was no team even that comparable to that on the See, outsider's what, side what, of in, the bracket. They beat Maus and incredible. Fnatic twice in best of threes. And that was where some of their like of the what three, four it was four best yeah. of threes What's they played, the, right? So
3: I'm what I'm thinking about though is that like they, outsiders is usually a decent team outside of the major. They were a pretty like solid team, I feel like, for most of the year. I mean they've always had some struggles, but But for me, like the thing about Gambit and why I say they're the flukiest is that that team was literally absolutely fucking nowhere before that major. That is true. They were like fifteenth in the world. No one really gave a fuck about them. Like it kind of just came out of nowhere, and then they did nothing afterwards either. I mean, Zeus obviously. I mean, Zeus left. Yeah, I mean, and they had the chance, but still, like nothing happened before, nothing happened after.
1: I don't know if you can call that a fluke necessarily. So, so I think we have their run was pretty legit at the event
0: we have to define what we think fluky means yes. here and i think that like so like for so are we saying that the quality of the wins they got are like so the the two ways i would i would say fluky you can describe it is did, was the bracket draw very lucky and so did that assist these teams Or were the wins that they got, did it feel like they came out of nowhere? And you could take either camp because Fluky has a loose, uh, yeah, Fluky has a loose enough definition that you could either say, like, they're beating teams they should never beat or they have a draw that's so good, like, this is just handed to them. And I think Outsiders has the easiest draw by far of all three of of these teams. Mm -hmm. So you could think it's Fluky because they just got really lucky with their bracket. But then when you look at, like, Cloud9, they beat, actually, um, the teams that they beat in terms of world ranking... To to win that major, by the way, if you it was the number one team SK, the number two yes. team Phase, and they beat the number four team G two, all in the playoffs. Yes. Like in terms of legitimacy yeah. of that run, incredibly yes. high. Like it, it's it's sure it feels fluky, but they were the fifth ranked team in the world. So yeah. I, in no way do I actually consider Cloud Nine, Cloud Nine's run really like fluky like yeah. if you come up if you show up three days consecutively and you're the better team than teams that should be beating you you just you were very good at this tournament and you kind of deserve what what is essentially what could have vaulted them or should have vaulted them to number one in the world status it's just that they peaked at the right time so no way do i consider cloud nine but then then it's kind of between like gambit and outsiders and i think i was i would say outsiders had the flukiest run because their bracket draw was just so easy yeah yes
2: Featuring two teams they had defeated previously in the tournament in their for, in their quarterfinals and semifinals matchups. And then, obviously, I mean, Heroic is like, okay, maybe this is a team that can compete, but you expect to kind of crumble under pressure. Like, Heroic is the most impressive scalp Outsiders actually took at this event. And it was in the grand final, and they're not that impressive. So, I don't know. No. It doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel to me like Outsiders really had to do, like... They didn't have to play their best games in order to win this tournament, which kind of defines fluky to me. It's like you didn't even need to be that good to win this tournament. I because think, of like the,
1: the way people you played, the way I would say it is that like Cloud Nine beat World beaters to win their title. Yes. And Gambit like, beat a World Gambit beater. beat yes, and, and <laughs> it's like one, yeah, yeah, and Outsiders not really like this, I don't know if you would necessarily consider like any of these like big title contending teams.
0: Outsiders outsiders were the sixth ranked team going into this event, and the yes. teams they beat in the playoffs were rank sixteen, seven, and ten. So it's like that draw is just so favorable for you. So yeah. uh, with Gambits, with Gambits, it feels like it, it just feels and, like. And the in the group variance. stage,
1: they beat Nip Spirit Mouse as well. Like also not huge names either. Right. Right. So so with Gambits, I I mean, I could
0: see a case for Gambits being fluky because it's kind of like they just powered up in this perfect way that just felt like like it was so far beyond what they were capable of. Whereas Cloud9s is like they were the fifth ranked team in the world, like like any team that's in the top five you think should have a chance to win a major like that's why they're. That's that's what the best competition is when the the best five teams in the world all have a shot at it. But then the fourteenth ranked team in the world, Gambit, doing it, yeah, does does feel fluky in that sense too. So I think they're both good answers, b- but I would not.
3: Yeah. Well, that Gambit team was basically dead heading into the major, right? Um, yeah. From behind not, the scenes, well, they,
2: basically, they, like they weren't they, really. They, I don't know they if said, they were talking about disbanding, but they definitely were not happy. Happy with the results that they were making. So, so I remember pretty like
0: vividly from the interviews. They said all of them actually had over a hundred hours in the past two weeks, and they were they were but they were losing yes. every scrim. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I would say they were on the verge of dying necessarily, but they if that went badly for them, they're probably could have been changes, but I don't think that was, like, in the... It wasn't like there was some replacement in mind already as yeah. far as I knew. Um, Makes sense. But, but yeah, I don't... I mean, I'll say this. I mean, I'll just throw back to to that Gambit team. That was, like, my first team that I actually liked in CSGO, actually. Um, like, back when they think... When Zeus joined the roster, I think, like, around Columbus time or something, I think that's when I uh, became... They chose them as my team, and so that was a really... I mean, I will
3: always just shit on that major one just to annoy Brian. I think no no, knows, so...
1: anything to piss off friend. true uh
0: okay next question next question zach patel have a question missed a few weeks though so feel free to disregard if something similar has been answered recently what's one cheap thing under a thousand dollars under a thousand dollars tier two tournament organizers can do to gain the most viewers on a tournament oh so they're saying like what's something tos should do to improve the broadcast and Get more viewers.
1: First of all, do you consider less than a thousand dollars a tier two tournament? Because I don't. I know. I think he's saying less than a cheap. Like what cheap thing
2: that is less than a thousand? Like, the thing that they yeah. can yeah. do is like, cheaper. Oh, I, I see. see. That's, that's I see.
1: It's less saying, than a
0: thousand. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, how okay. can they spend less than a thousand to make a broadcast better? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Oof. Do you guys have any ideas? Um, this is a hard
2: question. That bribe that galas to move question. more fans into the arena. I don't know. That's
1: probably <laughs> okay. That, so I don't that, know. <laughs> I don't it's know like what the cost fix. of it was. Yeah, okay, I don't know what the cost of it was. Um, so like, tell me if I'm wrong here, Alex. But like, for example, the the we play heart rate monitors were pretty sick. Oh, okay. I yeah. feel like you could make that under a thousand dollars for for teams playing oh, on stage. Probably, it's probably under 1000 that. 1, that adds like something cool to to Roddy House that I think would would account for that.
0: Um.
2: I wonder I, if a custom UI is actually a $1,000 or not. I know most tournaments actually have this, but a lot of it is like basically the same thing. So, but that's also like, people are going to split hairs over that all the time. I still think there's room for exploration for like customized, like different things on the HUD or moving things in different places. And like, you know, frequently in the middle of a gunfight, you might like look away from where the ammo is and you don't know how much ammo does this guy have? And so like, I remember somebody experimenting with putting the ammo, like actually on the reticle somewhere. like that could be interesting there's all sorts of things people could experiment with but as far as like surefire things and also maybe we don't care if it's exactly a thousand maybe we can go a little bit more just for the sake of the argument i do think the heart rate monitors would be
1: banging like that's yeah imagine i mean it just gives you more
2: information when you're casting when you're watching
1: you can imagine having that like for the Furia navi match or something yeah sure like that would be sick to see like if if Navi's heart rate is like spiking or not when they're having like the crowd cheer against them constantly, mm-hmm, yeah. like it's just cool insight that you don't really get. Yeah. Oh, and imagine yeah. when,
2: when Katie pulls off that clutch, uh, I think it was against spirit. Right. And he's like ripping off of his, his headset uh, yeah. and stuff. Like he yeah. it would just be skyrocketing, his hands shaking, like just another point, you know, another data point that could be
0: cool. Um, I think this is just like a broadcast. This is free. Uh, you just have to have teams agree to it. I think, Playing team comms
2: yep. is, is yeah.
0: really yeah, is just like that's something I love. Um, I would actually go as far if you're doing a tier two tournament where if like because these teams that re- listen tier two tournaments kind of just they just kind of have to like they just have to follow these rules. You would just say to them, guys, once per game, we're going to turn off X-ray. We're only going to show your guys POVs, but we're going to play all your team comms after yes. freeze time. I would just be like dude, I'm watching that whole round as closely as humanly possible. Like, I'm gonna just literally just zone in and just like, try to feel what the players are feeling and I think that's just a...
1: I don't remember what it was, but oh, it was WePlay who did that. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah,
0: Yeah, WePlay literally did that and it was free. It's Yeah, dude, it was amazing. I
1: loved that content.
0: Yes, it's so sick because we got to hear and we got to formulate so much better analysis and everybody knew then after like, oh, these players are really good at talking in mid rounds or these guys are good at making plans and stuff like that. And it was just like with Mao's, for example, when Mao's NXT was in it, it was like, boom, plan, 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 like they're just way better than everybody at it. And it was just like, no wonder they're winning these tournaments, you know? So um, yeah, I think that's gonna be it. Let's do shout outs and then let's, uh, let's, let's get out of here. So let's do, Let's do mix mix. Who's your? What's your? Who's your shout out? What's your shout out?
3: Um, I don't even know if I'm ready. All right, I'm gonna shout out. Uh, I saw I saw a nice interview the other day from Oscar. It seems like he had a rough year on Titans. Uh, I really like Oscar. I think he's a good player. I really like seeing the old man just fucking pummel people, mm-hmm. and I hope to see more of it. Hell yeah! Great great one.
0: Uh, note. What's your shout out?
1: Uh, that's a good question. I didn't have one ready, but you know what? I'll I'll shout out. Um, hmm, I'll shout out Kenny S's return. Let's hope that uh, he can do something with only five bullets in his op now. <laughs> <laughs> that was going
2: to be my shout out, but instead You're I'll not shout about out. For that. Yeah, yeah,
1: of course. I'll You're shout, out, shout out
2: Kenny S also. Uh, well, I was gonna shout out Mix's shirt because it says Kenny. I thought it said Coney no, and I was like, "That's a weird shirt to wear on a <laughs> on a CS show." Kony, but... 2012. <laughs> but it's, if it's Kenny, then wow. it's topical. I'll shout out at Rolled, the main author behind
3: Anubis. Congrats,
2: buddy! Oh, cool. Hope they oh, don't destroy nice. your fucking life's work.
3: But <laughs> <laughs> congratulations. I want. I wonder how much money he got paid for all to buy that
2: map. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's uh, that's that's something I, I'm not even privy to, and
0: I'm not yeah, sure what I, what they. I, I really have no idea. So yeah.
3: I'm just I'm just intrigued by it.
0: I would be I would I would like if I just throw out a number here, i I'd hope it's like somewhere around like one fifty. Like personally 150
2: dollars, yeah. that's a pretty good amount. <laughs> 150k? Yeah. 150k. I don't know. I like the thing is mappers get when they're so when they go into the map pool, even for like the community, uh when yeah. they're not in the active duty, like when Breach was added or Tuscan, uh the mappers do get paid rent for the map. Um, and as far as I can tell, it's worse than what skin makers get so
0: yeah and then that that sounds about right like I, then then 150 even sounds better it makes more sense to me because i think skin guys make upwards of six figures
2: like, yeah but it does it sounds about right but it doesn't because why the fuck does skin guys get paid more like for drawing some pixels on i'm being reductive deliberately drawing some pixels and then the guys who are <laughs> building an environment for us to play the game in yeah they're whatever that's less important you know just yeah just yeah valve just i
0: mean it's just the ability to monetize yeah. skins is just a lot easier for valve so there's just it's consumer to i mean market to yeah, consumer yeah, yeah. It, it was
1: kind of cool i went onto one of their twitters though and they uh I think one of them was talking about like using AI to texture maps, and they had like a couple of examples, and it actually looked really cool. Like the fact that you can kind of uh, do that going forward, and kind of have an AI take care of a lot of the texturing and make it like you can basically input like oh like spaceship alien kind of setting or something, and it'll like generate the texture for the entire map for you, and it'll make it like different throughout. Um, so it's just really cool. Like stuff like that could be a, a future prospect to like make. Uh, like releasing maps, uh, like sped up, maybe even if they're gonna allow like AI to generate all that kind of stuff.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, I'll do my shout out. I am just gonna shout out. Jeez, I had so much time to think about it going last, <laughs> but now I don't even know what I want to do. I mean, I guess I'll shout out. Um... Let's see. Who do I want? to... Um, I'm gonna shout out. I'll shout out Boomich. Shouts out, go. Boomich! Boomich. Oh, let's get back on track, Boomich. Let's get, let's show the world what you're made of. Okay, that's yeah. it for me.
3: Let's let's see Chats you on. Boomich is a world class IGL. <laughs> Do, <laughs> Do I... I think he's a world
0: class IGL? No. Do I think he's a better IGL than Nafoni? Nafoni. Yes. Nafoni. <laughs> yeah. There it okay. is. Cut it right there. <laughs> yeah, that's that. Just
1: cut it. Cut it at the yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>